It's that time. Your fix is here. College football is a year-round discussion with these two. Here's J.C. and Morgan. Mike Morgan of ESPN and J.C. Sherbert of 24-7 Sports have you covered. Beginning right now. Good morning and welcome, everybody. It is the 205th installment of J.C. and Morgan. But I like to think, uh, for those of you that have been around for 205, we love you. Props, you're part of a very exclusive club. But I also know we, we pick up literally dozens, if not more, a week, and we just continue to enter a new uh, era of this. We are now, of course, from those of you watching us on uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, we are now video as well. Uh, we've partnered up with the Chief app, uh, the, the Chief Sports app. If you have not downloaded that uh, yet, you should. It's free. And it has our podcast. It has other podcasts, including one that uh, JC is part of inside the Gamecocks. It will have more as it continues to grow into the empire that it is, led by the fearless Jamie Bradford. Uh, so happy to have that partnership. And we, you know what that does too is, instead of uh, I know sometimes we haven't had the most consistent schedule due to uh, a number of different things. For example, we were going hot and heavy on Tuesdays. This is a Thursday, of course. Well, if you have the app. It's just going to ping you and let you know when we're on and who might mm-hmm. be on it, what we're doing, and all that good stuff. So it doesn't cost anything. You'll just be more in the know, and you'll have easier access to everything that we do here. He is J.C. Sherbert. I am Mike Morgan. Phil Mullinax is our fearless and outstanding producer who does a great job uh, getting all this set up and straight as well. We've been guest heavy, so guest heavy, and and I mean that in a good way because, I mean, Luganville brought the heat last week. We had Shane Beamer before that. We've had all those former quarterbacks as part of our quarterback derby segment. We were going to have Pete Thamel, and literally that was <laughs> right before the wheels just, you know, as I the analogy I make, the, the finger in, in the dike of the dam – uh, was let out and everything just went. <laughs> so needless to say, Pete's busy kind of uh, catching up on all of those stories. And, and it's not completely done yet, JC. But we will have Pete on eventually when things simmer down. With that being said, um, remember we used to do, remember we used to do DEFCON 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, the old War Games analogy? Oh, yeah, that's sort of the trademark of our entire podcast, Mike. Yeah, yeah right. That was what it, 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 the history, the hit, the, the seven year, by the way, seven years. Mm. We're doing this since the 20s. been that many. I've lost track. I wow. remember it was Will Muschamp's first season at South Carolina. So that was 2016. Oh, uh, okay. Seven year history. If I had to just connect it to one thing, it would be the DEFCON thing. The we DEFCON. Talk, and that we it, talk it, about it all the time. Yeah, it's a War Games reference, which is a 1984 movie, which when if you were a kid and you saw that, that was just like, I mean, it just changed your world. Uh, you know, you your, your knowledge of global thermonuclear war was all based on Matthew Broderick, Dabney Coleman, uh, Ali Sheedy, and a uh, cast of dozens in that fine two-and-a-half-star movie. Uh, and we would do that. And I, I'm not saying they stole from us. We were just, you know, a, a little engine that could back then. But all of a sudden, I saw that same analogy pop up on some other shows. But DEFCON 5 basically meant everything is calm, peaceful in the world. Everything is good. So we would do that with programs. Like if you're you're off to a good start and your coach is good and your quarterback plays great and everybody's happy, that's DEFCON 5. 
And then you'd have like a Tennessee situation uh, where they were on DEFCON 1. Just complete chaos. Uh, can't hire a coach, d- complete angst within the fan base, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, let me move that analogy to what we just went through. And I, I, I'm not one to like, um, you know, we're not here to break stories necessarily. Uh, JC, I know you do quite a bit of that on, on 24 seven, but that's not, that's not what we're all about here on JC and Morgan. However, if you've been listening to this podcast the last few years, everything that's happened recently, I'm not saying we predicted it chapter and verse but i'm telling you we told you this was coming and we told you colorado was the first domino that's going to fall and when it did that was going to open up pandora's box and it just was so calm it was defcon 5 there was no not a ripple of anything and so people are just like let's get let's get to the season it's august let's get to to the, the the schedule talk and the quarterback battles and everything else and then all of a sudden colorado leaves and again, I'm sure a lot of people are like, well, why the hell do I care about Colorado? They're, they're, they're meaningless, and they went from one league I don't care about, and maybe you don't care about the Big 12. If you're like an SEC, ACC, Big 10 fan, you're probably like, well, I don't care about that either. But that was going to be the impetus for the demise of the Pac-12. I've used the term brink of extinction I don't know how many times when describing the Pac-12. I use the analogy for George Klyovkov as the the guy who's like, when the Titanic is submerging into the Atlantic Ocean, he's sitting there and going, "Can I have an old-fashioned, please, and a, a little, a little less uh, sweetener, and uh, also tell the band to uh, play a little Sinatra?" I don't think Sinatra was around back then, but nevertheless, they were requesting songs in the Pac-12 office while while the league was clearly uh, in major peril, and they just tried to put this face of calm on, like that's no big deal. We're 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 good here. Everything's Nothing to see here. Everything's fine. So, needless to say, the pack went from DEFCON 5, although for my money, they've been on DEFCON 2 for a while, and then it went to DEFCON 1 when Colorado left, and then it just went to extinction. And that's that's where we are. And then the ripple effect of that is the Big 12 and the Big 10. <clears throat> they start picking out the bones, and we're not completely done yet. You know, there's recent talks that the ACC had with Stanford and Cal. It appears that has stalled. And then, of course, the SEC, Greg Sankey, saying what you would think he would say. Well, we're, we're more than fine with the way we are at 16 teams. Um, but, as we all know, that's when things can happen because Florida State and Clemson are still out there. And if they truly could get out of their deals, uh, would you would you sit back and watch the Big Ten grab them? Or would you make a play uh, for them? I, there, there's... There's still some stuff to go down, but at least now we can uh, take a deep breath and we can realize what's going to what it's going to look like in 2024, and we can start uh, kind of calming down and focusing more on the year. But man, JC, what an incredible storm of activity for the landscape of college football! Absolutely, uh, I want to give a shout out. We have a chat box now that uh, not going to be at those of you that, that do the chat box for the other show. It's not going to be as functional, but I do want to say shout out to Joel from Louisville, Kentucky, home of the Cardinals, listening to us. Yeah, man. Uh, it's a state Mike is very, uh, very familiar with. Also want to say thanks for the compliments on the haircut. I had a meeting on Monday. <laughs> did, did not want to roll in there looking like Kurt Cobain from Nirvana, but with gray hair, you know, had Kurt Cobain lived and suddenly found his appetite and gained a hundred pounds. That would have been me. So. I uh, didn't want to do that, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, uh, 
crazy eventful um you know just the wildness of it mike uh you gotta give i mean the big 12 is like a cockroach during a nuclear war speaking Hmm. of thermal global nuclear war they won't i mean how many times have we heard they'll be the first league that dies oh now what are they gonna do without texas and oklahoma Oh, well, uh, well, what they did was they just went out and added a lot of really good football programs and really good athletic departments. Um, look, they don't have a traditional power in that league. But what they do have are a lot of schools that have a lot of upside and a lot of schools that have won a lot of games and a lot of schools that have competed for championships. And it's going to be kind of the fun league to watch for a while because you, you have so many people with potential. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Mike, Nobody in that league now has won a national championship except Colorado and BYU. So, and then you got the two-time defending. Unless you talk about, I'm not going to talk T- about. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about. Claim. Well, they played for it, but they didn't. They didn't win it. No, no, no. I mean, like, like seventy <laughs> way years back. Ago. Yeah, yeah, maybe Baylor or TCU won, but uh, you know, Oklahoma State's knocked on the door. Kansas State's been right there at times, but yeah, nobody's. And I, and I know, I know you UCF fans out there say 2017, man. I'm not, I just can't. I can't go that. Way. I, can't I don't think even far. the most ardent of UCF fans are yeah. really. You know, I I know a few. They're they're not sitting there with their car flags saying national champions. I mean, West Virginia had a shot in '88. They got right down the final game against Notre Dame, and lost, mm-hmm. and should have had Harris. another shot at it. Remember, Rich Rodriguez I, in '07. I think yep. they they could have. Because they would they would have played Ohio State instead of LSU, mm-hmm. uh, and looking at how much Ohio State struggled uh, against LSU's speed in that game, right? Think of, think about Pat White and that offense, which at the time was awesome. You know, the, the zone reading, I, I I think I think that was their shot, and they blew it. But uh, you know, so it, it's going to be a really good league. Uh, coaches, you talk to any coach, they all say Arizona State is like a sleeping giant for a number of reasons. I think their school president's a moron when it comes to athletics. He's a fine school president, but he's a moron when it comes to athletics. But mm-hmm. uh, I, 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 you know, they're now in that league. I mean, it's uh, – I don't know, man. There's just a lot of programs in that league that, that aren't necessarily the big brands, but that I have admired a great deal. You know, starting with Utah and TCU and, and I mean – uh, you go right on down. I mean, you know, that they've got – and this this gives them a chance because you're not – you know, even when Texas and Oklahoma are down, they're still Texas and Oklahoma. I mean, last year, uh, you know, they got to Bedlam, right? Not a very good OU team. OU beat Oklahoma State like a drum. I think that that, that series is something like 91-19. to 19. Well, Oklahoma State gets that off their back. Texas Tech and Baylor get Texas out, or TCU. They get, they get Texas and A&M are out. Yeah, I don't have to worry about them. So I, I, I like it. I think they did a good job as for the Pac-12. Well, I mean, this is what hubris gets you. This is what happens when when you have a combination of arrogance and ignorance, which I think the, good word. The, the presidents in, in that league were ignorant about the whole situation. I think Klyovkov and I, I pray I praised that higher because I thought it can't get much worse than Larry Scott, right? Right. Well, it'll didn't get any, it, any better. Turns out it did. It didn't get any yeah. better. And so that – and you read the history of it, and you read that they were close on numbers, and they could have had a deal, and they just didn't. And the streaming thing, which if this were 10 years from now, I'd say maybe – I'd say, well, good, yeah, that's that's kind of – the but 
Mike, Lydia, the, the rumors of the death of linear TV have been greatly exaggerated. I mean, streaming's cut in to the bottom line on linear TV. They're not making as much as they used to, but it's still dominant. And there's no league and no circumstance where, where you want your league, right? When, when you're in college football competing against other conferences, with Na- the Big Ten has three, count them, three network partners. Three, Okay. They're not all, they don't have to be okay. All their games, they're going to be on network TV every weekend in three different slots. Mm-hmm. Okay. How do you compete when you're on Apple and you're, you're, you're not only counting on downloads and subscriptions to make money. You're depending on people paying to watch and, and give, give you exposure, which is, yeah. How do you put a price on that? So, well, and you, you can't, to your point, you can't go into it and just put one foot in the pool. So, for example, the the whole Apple deal, the proposed Apple deal, which even if it went through, it would have been uh, over $10 million less than the Big 12's deal with ESPN Fox. $12 million less per year per school. That's a lot of money. It adds up. And when I say you, you, you're either all in or you're not, Apple doesn't have a, even if it's a streaming sports channel, they don't have a sports channel. Like they'll throw up some MLB games on Apple. If you, if you come across, I'm not even an Apple guy, as we all know, I get mocked uh, for, for being a droid guy. Uh, But my wife has Apple and I've, I've watched Apple TV, but they don't have 24 seven around the clocks, but they have nothing to kind of bolster the coverage. So what you're asking is, is for people to truly carve out time that they may never be watching that that particular streaming service. Uh, maybe they watch the morning show, or maybe they watch, um, uh, oh God, the the hit soccer show, which I I just started. Uh, I've got one season left. Ted oh, Lasso. Ted, Ted Lasso. Lasso. Yeah, I forgot Ted Lasso. Forgive me. I know there's diehard fans of Ted Lasso. I'm not. I'm not quite as. Uh, High on that show with some others, but nevertheless, um, I'm going to take a lot of heat for that. <laughs> uh, we'll get to five and dime later. I'm sure there'll be more controversial uh, pop culture selections. But but so basically, for the sports fan, if you're a pack sports fan, you're 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 going across and you, you're like, okay, I got to go into this app that I haven't watched all week that doesn't cover sports at all, other than an occasional MLB game. But they're the ones that are going to save our our TV coverage. That doesn't really make a ton of sense. What ESPN and Fox have is the the around the clock coverage with all sports networks. And you're right the 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 talk of the demise of linear. I I, I make the analogy what what so many people have gone through with. I cut the cord. I cut the cord. Okay, but where are you watching your sports? Well, I I have Hulu. Well, I have YouTube. Okay, well, what are you paying for that? Eighty bucks a month. Okay. Guess where some of that eighty bucks goes to, ESPN, FS1. So it's it's just a roundabout way. You're still paying for the all sports channels. You could say you cut the cord, uh, but they're still making money off the subscriptions of whatever platform you're watching. Now for Grandma Betty, who's ninety four and is at Shady Pines and is playing Scrabble on the daily basis, but really cares nothing about college football. Yes, she was once spending $10 a month on sports programming. She cut the cord, and now you're not getting grandma's money anymore. But for the rest of us, live sporting events have never been more popular. It's one of the few things now that is truly appointment television. 
because just like this podcast, and this is what I love about podcasts, I'm not just pumping hours. I've become a podcast fiend. It's such a great concept, and one of the beauties of it is that you can listen whenever you want. That's the beauty of it. I'm like, we love the people that are watching and listening live right now, but we also know thousands of you are going to download it, listen to it at the gym and traffic, what have you. But live sporting events, and that's how people consume their TV now. They don't watch shows live anymore. Live sporting events is the exception to the rule, which is why advertisers love it, which is why the, the rights fees are astronomical right now. No matter how many times you hear, well, we went from 100 million households to now 71 million households because of cord cutters. It, the, the popularity of it is not going anywhere. Why are we giving you a sermon on TV and streaming? Because this is what the pack didn't see. And this is what the other networks, uh, excuse me, other conferences did see. And consequently, they're in pretty good shape and the pack has become a dinosaur. By the way, later on, I'll do a deep dive on the four pack schools left. JC, I learned a lot. Uh, just studying this last night, because honestly, I mean, you know, we pride ourselves again at being a national podcast. Uh, I'll, I'll put my knowledge of the SEC up against anything. I, I, I feel pretty good about that. I've been covering it my whole life, and I've been following it since I was a kid, and I'm fascinated by history. Uh, and we we talk ACC and Big Ten and Big Twelve. I got a chance to cover that league for a time, but the pack is something. Honestly, I'm not out there a whole lot, and. We all know Southern Cal and UCLA and even Stanford to an extent, but I learned a lot going doing a deep dive on programs like Cal and Oregon State. And, and when you, as I'm reading this, I'm not going to be overly dramatic. I didn't shed a tear, but I was kind of like, man, this sucks that they are now orphans, that they are just fighting to stay relevant. Like they care over there. They do have tradition. They do. Uh, Oregon, Oregon State, the Civil War is a great, great game. Washington, Washington State is a great, great game. The, the Apple Cup. Um, but all those are in peril as well. We'll get to that in the deep dive. Uh, we'll get to our mailbag, five and dime. And uh, as always, the highly anticipated, the well-constructed uh, people in New York are right now. I mean, the stock market moves based on the JC5, the morale of, an, of a great nation. Uh, de- depends heavily on the JC5. So without further ado, let's get into it. Absolutely. The JC5 is... Uh, You've even got a graphic now. Look, Phil Molinax is... He is a wizard, I'll tell you this. Uh, unfortunately, I've got it on text message and my phone locked, so here we go. All right, so commitment. Let's talk about commitment. Uh, that's the theme of today's JC5, because we're going to talk about... Uh, commitment and non-commitment and, and false commitment, pseudo-commitment, if you will, Mike. SMU, of all the smaller schools that play football, and, and when I say smaller schools, I'm talking about, you know, what, enrollment, private schools, things like that. Of all of them out there, SMU is the most committed in college football and has been for years. Uh, you know, especially with the new uh, the new news that they're willing to go to the ACC for no money for seven years and put two hundred million into it themselves. Uh, I'll go back to the Pony Express, man. Uh, as uh, you know, Duke, Wake Forest, Stanford, uh, you name it. Your smaller school, TCU, I know, played for a national championship. There's not nothing like the commitment of the Ponies. Uh, after I read that, it, it, it do the old just, Johnny Manziel, 
I just saw that documentary. That's what yeah, SMU's woo. got. A there lot of money. Woo. I, I'm like, they don't, they don't care. It's like, hey, we'll do this. if we, Just let us. Just They're like knocking on the door after getting kicked out of the bar uh, at, at, at midnight. They're still there at four. Last call. Hey. Let me back in here. I got. I, I got another. I went to the ATM. I got another five hundred dollars here. Let me back in, please. So uh, tell me I'm wrong. It t- you're wrong, and based on what? Do you think they're going to? No, they're the most committed small school, private oh, school. Oh yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I mean, financially, look. If if you've ever been at, the, first of all, it's a beautiful campus. I've been to that campus, and it is. Uh, it it's like it's rustic. It's Ivy League feel. You can smell the money. Um, and if you go back again, I know they <clears throat> treated, but in 80, in the eighties, the Pony Express and like SMU was a national power and who knows if they didn't have the death penalty, the only school that got it, it'll never happen again. Um, maybe SMU remained relevant. Maybe they'd be like the Duke, the small private school that still excels in a major sport, uh, in, in college football. But, but that happened. And they never totally recovered, and they've been just kind of trying to play catch-up for all this time. They still play in a major market. Well, look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that SMU brings the same cachet as all those other Texas schools because they, they, they don't have, they don't have uh, the fan support. You know, They're not packing the 65,000-seat stadium, what have you. That, that's, not, that's not today's SMU. But clearly there is a financial, you threw out that number, $200 million they're willing to cover. I mean, that is the ultimate big boy at the table move, right? That is the ultimate, I'm telling you, we are legit, and here's the money to show it. I don't know if it moves the needle, but I'm impressed by the, by the move. I am impressed by the gesture, and look, I... There's room for another program to be in the power five, four, whatever the heck it's going to be called at this point. There's, there's room for somebody else to get there. And SMU could be that program. It's a cluttered state that talent is going to all the other Texas schools and, a, and of course, across the country. Uh, but maybe SMU can find a niche. Maybe so. I mean, you know, they're not set up um... – they're not set up too much differently than uh, Miami, small private school that, that made it. But uh, the just the don't recent, have the, the recent history. There is a lot of yeah. It, well, I'll tell you this: didn't have has never had a run like Miami. It, it doesn't take you forty-five minutes from campus to the stadium like it does at Miami to get there. A forty-five minute drive, no, no doubt. Yeah, they got yeah. Uh, it used to be they used to play at Texas Stadium where the Cowboys played, but they that's right. I mean, they have a own, nice, a nice on campus, nice little on campus. Uh, I don't, I don't. And while the Metroplex is loaded, loaded with talent, I, I still, I don't, I don't know that if you drew a, you know, a circle around SMU and said this is going to be the state of SMU or whatever that you get, I think you get a lot of good players, a lot of talent. Don't get me wrong. The becoming the choice there—that's a lot different than the, than the pride that the Miami kids had to use. So, right, uh, you know, it, it may not work out, but I just thought it was interesting because you you sort of compare their them uh, camp, you know, campus wise and all that. It's kind of similar to Boston College, Duke, Wake Forest, 
Stanford, you know, schools like that, Miami, of course. So anyway, I want to say this because you were talking about Washington State and a deep dive, and, and well, maybe we'll get into this deep dive later, but RIP to the Washington State Cougars and uh, Tom Tuttle from Tacoma, uh, played by one, the late, great John Candy in the movie Volunteers with Tom <laughs> Hanks. They sung the fight song. Uh, so so, so here, here's what I, and I used to take like, and we're going to dive into them, but you know, what should you do if you're those two schools? I've been to Pullman before, nice little stadium, great fan base, kind of a, a geogra- geographically isolated. I've been to Corvallis. Uh, you know, if I'm Washington State, Mike, I'm going to probably try to join the Mountain West. Uh, I think that's, that'll be their only option unless somebody else gives them a lifeline. And if I'm Oregon State, I'm probably right behind them. But I am never wearing – Oregon State's a Nike school. Okay, their uniforms cut. I am tell I'm burning that. I'm thumbing it, and, and they probably can't do it because I bet Phil Knight gives them money too. Oh sure, uh, but 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 I I am I am pissed as all get out about about Nike and that and what my neighbor's been doing. Because um, whereas like with UW and Washington State, Washington State's right at the Idaho border in Pullman. Like that's a long way from Seattle where UW is. So it's like. You know, warring factions of the state. Corvallis is twenty miles from Eugene. They're all they're in the same neighborhood, and you got one half and one half not thanks largely to Nike and their money. I mean, both mascots are quirky: the ducks and the beavers. I mean, they're they're, they're very unique. You know, I mean, there's no reason why Oregon State. You know, and, and it's because Nike. I, I would I would revolt. I, I just uh, I don't know if they can, but that would. That would chap my hide, you know, because you have all this money that's going to Oregon, all that, and then they get the golden ticket to the chocolate factory, and you're stuck there being Oregon State. It, it's there's no other way to put it. It does suck for both of those programs that didn't do anything to cause this. Uh, and if you go back in time, you don't have to go that far back to when they have both been relevant. These are not like perennial doormats. Uh, they're getting left out because of geography and brand recognition and all that other ancillary stuff that has nothing to do with wins and losses. Now, sure, if they were sitting on multiple national championships, that might that might change the, the, the scenario and move the meter more, but they've had success, uh, recent success, multiple coaching success. Um, but, but all along, it was kind of well known that they were going to be left out in the cold. The Mountain West, in a, in a way, makes the most sense. Although you almost have to like pinch your nose and realize you're you're going from, and I, I, the, these terms might become extinct here pretty soon because it's going to be the big two. Uh, but you're going from Power Five to Group Five status. The American, I wouldn't rule out, and I know geographically that's not a that's not a fit, but. They are led by Mike Oresco, who is a TV savvy, savvy guy. Um, and the American might start living up to its name where it's just like, we're the American. If you're in America, we got room for you. Uh, we, don't, we don't pick out a specific uh, niche or geographic region of the country. If you're in America, you need to play in the American. And the American has more cachet uh than the mountain west does so maybe the american gets aggressive here and they wind up going after those particular programs who after deep uh 
thought and consideration and looking at the budget, say, you know what? While the Mountain West is right in our backyard, the American is going places, and I'm not sure if the Mountain West can get to that point. Absolutely. It had to be financially feasible in terms of travel and stuff like that, too, which brings me to my next point, because all of a sudden, ACC people are talking, oh, my God, travel expense. Oh, my Lord. Oh, goodness gracious. All right, so Notre Dame, apparently. Uh, and look, I'll, I'll, I'll say this again. Notre Dame, ACC, Notre Dame has friend-zoned you worse than any friend zone in the history of relationships. You are in the friend zone. Their fans don't want to play those five games a year. They're not joining the conference for football. You could pay them $100 million a year, and they probably wouldn't join for football. They don't like the partnership for football. They love it because they get all the benefits for basketball, baseball, and everything else. Their other sports are taken care of. You know, Plus, you pay them and you let them vote on, on and, and have a say in what goes on in the league. So Notre Dame apparently is pushing for them to add Stanford and Cal when Notre Dame will not join as a full member. I was like, man, how about that? You know, that's the girl that like, man, you, you take her to her doctor's appointments. You buy her food, you buy her meals, you, you get her something nice for her birthday all the time. Spa day. Yeah, necklace. spa day. She goes to the movies with you, but kind of just take sits the there airport. and eats popcorn. You take her to the airport. You pick her up when she needs a ride and can't get an Uber late at night. You've done it. You've talked to her on the phone about all her stupid problems. <laughs> and yet for hours and hours and give her like actual real world advice that works. Right. Right. And, and she says things like, I couldn't live without you. Yeah. But, but you're just friends and you're and at always the end of the, night, at the, right, end of the you, day. She's you, going home with somebody else. Right. You say and, goodbye. She gives you a hug and not even like a, a nice hug. You know, it's like the butt sticking out, the, the butt out the, hug, the yeah. butt out lean in over hug. Uh, just to let you know, like this, the hug is as far as it goes. Yeah, they've been they've been running that racket on the ACC now for years, and there I I still am amazed that people think that one day they could actually go to the ACC. I I don't believe the Notre Dame is going anywhere. I just don't buy it uh, now more than ever, and it looks like you know NBC really with the Big Ten, and there's rumors they're going to try to get in back into the NBA. Like, NB, NBC took a cat nap from sports coverage for the most part. Like, they used to have everything. Then they had nothing but the Olympics every four years and Notre Dame football. And now they're looking to be a player again, and I can't imagine they're going to lose Notre Dame based on a financial situation. Now, Notre Dame likes being where they are. They are cozy where they are. So all these rumors and all the energy spent on spent on, oh, well, you know, the Big Ten, the Big Ten, the Big Ten is the next logical. The Big Ten may want that, but Notre Dame doesn't seem to want it. So at some point, you got to take a hint. All these conferences have to take a hint and just kind of kind of move on. Kind of, kind of just try something different because Notre Dame loves its independent status. Hey, Notre Dame, I, I, I mean, the ACC, they're they're almost John Cusack, boombox serenade level desperate. I mean, I'm waiting right. for for them to but for them to show up. Notre Dame would be Margaret uh, Jim, Court, Jim Phillips with in your eyes, yeah. blah, 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 you know, and then it's not going to happen. It's not gonna the happen. ACC so anyway, got dissed in the Malibu and doesn't know what to do. If anything, I think if I think one conference Notre Dame will join is the SEC. 
I think they would give it. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I, I think everybody assumes Big Ten because of their region. Keep in mind, Indiana is a contiguous state to the Southeastern Conference. They have a big border within it. Trust me, I've gone over the border with Kentucky many, many times. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the Ohio River. By the way, the Ohio River, sir. If anybody can tell me what movie that's from, uh, I'll send you a sticker in the mail. Um, it's, uh, you know, and so I, I don't know. Crazier things have happened. Notre Dame's fan base, lo- that's their whole thing. They play the most challenging schedule in the country. What more challenging would it be than to go to the SEC? There's a long history with the Big Ten. Michigan in the 1920s basically tried to shut Notre Dame's program down by refusing to play them. And that's why the Newt Rockney legend and stuff, because they started getting on trains and going to L.A. and playing Southern Callis. Well, they have a rivalry there, and they start going all over the country to play. I don't know. That's a crazy conspiracy theory for me, but I think if Notre Dame ever joined a league, they would really take a long look at the Southeastern Conference. Yeah, I I understand I understand the allure of all that, but I think deep down Notre Dame, even in all of its arrogance, knows you go into the SEC and you play at that point a nine-game schedule because we're going to be there eventually. Brother, th- th- those national championship opportunities, I, I think they take a hit. I, re- I-, I don't think they want that smoke. I really don't. I, I don't th- and-, and financially – they're going to they're going to do a lot of creative math and TV and this and that where I think they'll be at least competitive with those kind of dollars SEC and Big 10 dollars which are going to be nearly 100 million dollars when it's all said and done per year um but I, again I could be wrong I, I obviously ah, would love to I would love to see it but I just geez. I think I think 10 years from now, we're having the same conversation about Notre Dame <laughs> and Notre Dame is still in their little independent world. Boy, if the SEC added Notre Dame in North Carolina, wow, that'd almost be the perfect league. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, a, you know, for the Big Ten and the SEC, it really is a game of risk, not yes. like but the the old board game. Now, maybe yeah. we're dating ourselves to people. I mean, people still play Scrabble and Monopoly. Some people still got to sure. play Risk, right? So, Risk was basically you had these little plastic armies all over the, uh, uh, basically a map of the the world you rolled dice and you just tried to have you tried to take over the entire board by getting your armies all over the place and that's what the big 10 and the sec have kind of done in 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 all these latest moves and you know they might not be done yet the wild card as we've talked about ad nauseum is is the acc and getting out of grant rights and if, if they somehow figure out the loophole uh then then all bets are off but yeah i I think uh, I think at that point, you know, if Notre Dame ever wanted to like put itself out there, truly put itself out there, they'd be absolute. Both would be a hundred percent interested in, in all in. But I just I don't think they do it. All right, quickly because we're running up against a break. Stanford yep. can go independent, and I think survive because they've got. I think they've got enough endowment money and money as an institution to float it. To, uh, they have had to cut some sports, but it's Stanford. Uh, to me, Cal has no chance, you know, to, to, to even have any kind of like temporary, let's wait on the Big Ten thing. Cal just built a new stadium. They're $200 million in debt. They, they, they're just not as successful, and their brand isn't as big. Uh, your thoughts on the Cal Bears? Should they hitch their – I know they're trying to hitch their wagons to Stanford, but 
should they hitch it to Wazoo and and, and the Beavers? Uh, I think the latter. I'm with you. I don't think Cal can survive as an independent. I'm not sure Stanford even can. I mean, even like BYU. BYU had its own its own television network. Like you'd be going through the cable system late at night. It's like, wait a minute, there's a BYU channel. <clears throat> That's interesting. Um, BYU is a, is a, a unique phenomenon for so many different reasons. Stanford is not that. Stanford is a pride, uh, a prideful program that's been good in multiple sports for a long amount of time and again i'll go into this in the deep dive for whatever reason football just fell off a cliff basketball just fell off a cliff wasn't that long ago basketball was a number one seed uh they were in a final four they were always very competitive wasn't that long ago football was playing in consecutive rose bowls and, and winning big games and you had jim harbaugh the ultimate turnaround and you know i was really high on david shaw he had it going and then for whatever reason all of a sudden it just the bottom fell out and that didn't the timing of that <clears throat> with all of this could not have been worse could not have <laughs> been worse so i i think they're both just trying to latch on to either the mountain west or the american at this point um i i, I don't know that's one thing I don't even want to try and predict, but could Stanford be an independent? They could, but again, where's the money going to come in, JC? Like where it, it's no one is going to have a TV package for Stanford football. Join CBS every Saturday for Stanford football. I, I just don't, I don't see it. And so they, they would take an independent, uh, They'd be an independent in a different light, like a like a UConn, maybe a better version of UConn as an independent, something to that nature. But I, I, I think they'd be in trouble trying to just have independent status long term. Really, really, really hard to recruit. I would, I would get together with Vandy, Northwestern, Duke, Cal, Rice, SMU, and Tulane, and I would, I'd just form a new conference. I, I mean, that's it, possible. Ivy two point I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> These these other Vandy's not leaving the SEC in that fat nope. paycheck, man. So, nope. um, but you know, in, in, in a different world, that would have been the case. So, all right, San Diego State, the Aztecs, by the way, uh, like yet another program that you know, like you could one could argue that San Diego State and Colorado, for a number of different reasons, have won the college football offseason. Uh, it's like, uh, you know, first of all, San Diego State, I know it's not football, played for a national championship in basketball. And mm-hmm. then they're all involved in this Pac-12 thing. Uh, and then Colorado, of course, hires primetime. And then they're all involved in all of this. So so there's two schools we don't normally talk about. We talked about a lot. But they had the best idea. They were like, hey, guys, we can still join the Pac-12, and we can bring some of our friends with us, and we can, can take some – some programs out of the American, some of the Texas schools or Tulane or somebody, and we can still have the Pac-12. And we could probably try to, you know, save face and maybe keep our autonomous five status and all that. To me, that was a good idea. Try to kind of do what the Big 12 did and, you know, add some schools and and and, and try to keep it afloat. Well, that was met with a hard no by uh, the four leftovers, I think, the Northwestern schools probably, but Stanford and Cal, they won't know part of being in a league with University of Texas, San Antonio, right? <laughs> it's like, no, 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 or San Diego State. Uh, but I, I thought, Mike, that was probably, if you're a Pac-12 
if you're one of the four that are left, that's probably the, that was probably the best idea uh, because I I'm with you. I don't think, I mean, the American Mountain West, whatever. I think those are going to be their best options. I don't think anybody's coming to save them right now. Yeah, the the, the pack should have sealed the deal with San Diego State a long time ago. I mean, the, the, like yeah. literally the second that they lost Southern Cal and UCLA, they should have been on the phone and make that happen. Uh, San Diego State's got a brand new stadium now. They're in one of the most beautiful cities on the planet in San Diego. And now you tap into the Southern Cal market, which you just lost. And you mentioned the basketball program has been quality for a while. I think San Diego State's one of those programs that we could be talking about five years from now as a perennial top 25. You know, maybe they're not making playoffs, but they're they're a perennial top 25. If you get the right coach that knows how to recruit that right, and again, you you fix that whole uh, conference situation, which I think they're more coveted now than ever. There's no reason why San Diego State uh, can't be relevant. Yeah, I mean, good stuff, look, man. Oh, San, good. Yeah, right. San, a conference with San Diego State, Boise State, Stanford, Cal, UNLV, Colorado State, Wyoming, maybe maybe even Nevada or somebody like Fresno State. Dare I say mm. so that 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 at least would have a chance because you do have some large larger states schools they're smaller states but they're larger yeah. schools. I, Boise State I think uh TV well, I mean Idaho is the fourth largest growing state according to some folks so a lot of people moving there Idaho is going to be big I Boise, did not know that Boise's the school in that state because uh Idaho I, University of Idaho is shoved up in the the panhandle next to Washington State right so <laughs> you know but uh I'll- I'm looking at uh, the chat box. Uh, this is from Austin. As a former Boise State fan, my lifelong dream was for us to be in the Pac-12. Now, if we got an invite, I'd hope we'd decline it. But I've never imagined <laughs> college football getting at this point. I mean, that's well put, Austin. That's that's kind of where like nobody wants to be a part of the the conference of champions, which was always kind of said tongue in cheek. I think I don't know. I don't know many people that took that really seriously, but yeah, that's how quickly. It can all. It's it's like watching a a, a stock crash, uh, not a stock crash, a stock market crash, all in one day. Like it's nineteen twenty nine or nineteen was it eighty seven? Those were like the two big ones. That's that's what you had with the pack. All right, we covered a lot of ground there in the JC five. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll get to some mailbox, also deep dive five and dime. All coming up. More JC and Morgan after this. Mike here for Elite Roofing and Restoration. Chances are you're a homeowner. You're going to have to have that roof replaced at some point. Could be because of wind or hail damage. Could be because it's just that time. The roof is old and you don't want to take any more chances. Go ahead and call Elite Roofing and Restoration. They will take terrific care of you as they have for me over the years. They provide exceptional roofing services. They offer a highly knowledgeable staff on insurance claims for roof repairs and replacements as well as an extensive catalog of materials materials, and colors to ensure your roof looks as good as it performs. So how do you do it? Well, you just start off, you can go to the website, EliteRoofingGA.com. That's EliteRoofingGA.com. Go ahead and fill out the form, get connected with the fine folks at Elite Roofing and Restoration, and they will take care of the rest for you. Elite Roofing and Restoration. Don't settle for second best. Hey, this is Mike Morgan, and like many of you, I love staying active. It makes me feel better. It helps me enjoy a better life. 
life. But whether you're a world-class athlete or someone just keeping the dream alive like me, you want to make sure you have someone who can handle the injuries that are going to arise. That's where the world-renowned Dr. Michael Hatrack of Synergy Sports Wellness and Synergy Release Sports come into play. He's been my guy for nearly a decade, and he has served thousands of people, including over 400 NFL players, over a career that spans 47 years. Yeah, he's that good. And his staff's personalized biomechanical treatments and therapies can handle it all. Back pain, knee pain, shoulder pain. We all know the injuries, but few know the solutions the way Dr. Hatrack and his terrifically trained staff do. I've seen others. No one delivers the results the way they do. That's why people from all over the country come to Synergy's two Georgia locations, Buckhead and Alpharetta. Dr. Hatrack has trained a team of chiropractors in his proprietary technique that has been proven to yield life-changing outcomes from professional athletes to the Joe Schmoes of the world like, well, me. Check out the website to set up an appointment today, SynergyReleaseSports.com. That's Synergy with an S, ReleaseSports.com. You can also find a link for them on our website, JCandMorgan.com. Let the incredible staff at Synergy take care of you so you can reach your wellness goals. All right, back with you here on JC and Morgan. You heard one of the sponsors there. We uh, certainly encourage you to uh, go ahead and take advantage of uh, the services that our sponsors provide. Uh, you know, JC, the weather here has been crazy. I wasn't even sure if we were going to be able to do this today, but uh, because my power was out for literally two days and cable and internet were out for three, they just came on last night at around midnight. We had just a storm. I mean, it wasn't wasn't like uh, the Great Flood. Uh, it was not Noah's Noah's Ark here. It was just a, a storm, but it was windy, and it knocked down a bunch of trees, which knocked out a bunch of power lines. Before that, it wasn't long ago we had hail, so a lot of people's roofs got damaged, if not destroyed. The good news is uh, you should be covered if you have a legitimate insurance company, although sometimes they try and skirt paying out. Uh, go to EliteRoofingAndRestoration.com. Uh, you can call the uh, phone number 678-781-1998. It's at the bottom of the screen for those listening. It's 678-781-1998. Jeremy Johnson and Company, 25 years of experience. You can schedule a free inspection for roofing and construction repairs. I don't know what it's been like in your neck of the woods, JC, but uh, the weather here in Atlanta has been nutso. And I think it's really been crazy up and down the East Coast with these uh, these pop-up storms. So hopefully everybody is safe and okay and not too much damage yeah it was um gosh i was in south carolina uh i had kind of a planes trains and automobiles experience uh with the weather in charlotte coming back uh uh, and i'm about to be back down there you know for at least two or three weeks at a time uh here pretty soon starting next monday so uh, it's interesting Uh, you know i i i was while while the power was getting knocked out on you in atlanta I looked at the map because I was driving from Columbia to Charlotte and it was like, there was a line of storms going up 85. It was like they were traveling from Atlanta to Charlotte. Uh, and I saw that you got some weather and it was, uh, it got kind of hairy on I-77. I think there was tornado warnings uh, around me uh, at the time. So yeah, it's a uh, weather's interesting. It's been a, uh, it's uh when it's, when it's as hot as it is during the summer, uh, you're going to get those pop-up storms and, some of them can do damage. It's been that yeah. way for years. You know, I, I remember uh, when I was a kid, lots, uh, lots there. Uh, somebody said, what up, JC? Tavern in the Glen represent. 
That's one of my Chicago people right here in the. Uh, there we go. Yeah, Tavern in the Glen, Homer Glen, Illinois. If, if you yeah, want to go to go watch uh, uh, your Big Ten fan and you're in the Chicago suburbs, you want some place to go watch college football on Saturday. It all starts with Deborah's brunch. And uh, he just goes, takes you straight through the whole day. Tavern in the Glen. That's awesome. Well, let's yeah. let's keep let's keep up the Midwestern vibe as we open yeah. up the uh, the mailbag, and we've got a question from Peter in Indiana, and it kind of covered some of this already. But please give me your take on Notre what Notre Dame needs to do with all this conference realignment going on. Simple answer to that for me is they don't need to do anything. They can just sit back and they enjoy their cozy independent status where they schedule whatever they want, who they want. And they don't share any money with anybody. And that's the benefit of being Notre Dame. Do I do I like that? No. It's why I can never find myself. I don't hate Notre Dame, but I can't find myself pulling for Notre Dame because I don't like that unique status. Uh, but they have it, and they're going to continue to take advantage of it, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I don't see them going anywhere right now. At the time, I think they would, maybe would have made the move because with the media right now. And, and kind of media companies cutting back because they overinvested on streaming. Uh, had that deal, had there not been that interest in paying that money? Uh, but uh, like I said, seventy-six million, whatever. Yeah, that's that's more than the Big Twelve or the Pac. I mean, they're they're sitting pretty, and uh, they still get to go uh, tell their uh, partner that they friend zoned what to do in the ACC. So life is good if you're the Irish. I just. Like I said, you know, Sankey keeps mentioning contiguous states and all that. And he does it with this little twinkle in his eye. Uh, and, you know, you know, he's not, you know, I mean, you know, that if, if they were interested, the SEC would do it. I mean, yeah. That, 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 oh, I, yeah. The, the, but, the advantage of it is it speaks for itself. I mean, no matter yeah. how much you think Notre Dame is overrated and, and all that stuff, and, and there's some legitimacy perhaps of that, they still keep going back to this term brand. They're, they're a major, major brand, uh, even as their football dominance has, you know, they haven't won a national title since 88 for crying out loud. I mean, you, you got to go, you got to go back a ways to find the last time they played for a couple, but they clearly did not belong in the same field as their opponents. When they got there, I think Brian Kelly did as about as good a job as you can in this climate uh, of, of recruiting at Notre Dame, but, but they're still a brand and they still equal ratings and revenues, and so if they if they want to, they'll have they'll have suitors. I just don't think they're going to do it. Uh, Jim from Houston, Jim from Houston. What are the thoughts of again with something else we covered of SMU pitching to the ACC that they will not take any money from the TV contract for the next five to seven years that they're allowed to enter the ACC? SMU has a lot of old money. Well, they certainly do. I think it's a brilliant proposal. Because it's the only way they get into that kind of league, in my opinion. Um, but I don't know. I just don't know if that does a ton for the ACC. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if that's really the move that they have in mind. Depends on the worth of the Dallas Fort Worth, uh, or actually the whole probably the whole state of Texas. I mean, will, will the ACC network all of a sudden be in DFW now? I mean, could that? How much money would that bring in? Those are all questions you have to answer. I don't. I think while the commitment's intriguing and I respect it, uh, the ACC's balking at any expansion. You know, and in fact, if you read some of the comments, they're kind of pissed off at Notre Dame for 
pushing the two West Coast on them when Notre Dame won't join. So I doubt it'll happen, but uh, I do admire it. I admire it, and uh, like I said, uh, I, I like I like schools with uh, a competitive desire and uh, commitment, and certainly SMU's proven through the years they've got that. What do you call – you've used this term before and when, when programs are tired of losing and they have to get that next-level coach. Uh, what do you call that? Caged animal syndrome. Caged animal syndrome. C-A-S. There's a lot of caged animal syndrome going on right now with some programs and some conferences in college football. Uh, final one from the mailbag, Ricky from Augusta. Guys, who's going to be the best quarterback in the SEC this year? I've already been on record. I, I say it's Jaden Daniels of LSU. That's the logical pick, Mike. I'm going but. with Car- I'm going to go with Carson Beck. And I, I'll tell you why, too. Like, look, number one, he's held – and Kirby Smart can sit there and act, uh, you know, oh, uh, you know, his public comments were less than, you know, less than stellar about Carson or whatever. That's probably because Carson threw a couple of picks or something and he's mad about it. And, he, you know, keep in mind, he's like Nick Saban, a perfectionist. But the fact that he's held off Vandergrift and Gunnar Stockton and it wasn't close and he's got immense talent at wide receiver and he's got Brock Bowers and he's got a good offensive line. And then, oh, by the way, you read practice reports coming out of Athens and they're worried about their running backs, which is weird. Yeah. But And I know who the OC is there well, and I know he wants to run the ball. Yeah, they like and, to and, run. And, if you see a report like that, that means there's some concern. Yeah. Uh, I just think he's got a lot of weapons. I think Mike Bobo is a great play caller, and I think he will – I think if they, by the time it's all, it's all said and done, Georgia will probably win the league again, probably go to the playoff again, probably be the favorite to win a national title again, and it'll be, we'll all be sitting there talking about Carson Beck. Now, for, for the sake of the other 13 teams in the league, do, does part of me hope I'm wrong? Yeah. Because <laughs> at some point you're gonna be sick of Georgia winning it, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I just I think people are looking at it all wrong uh, in Athens and 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 kind of undervaluing him simply because Stetson Bennett was so good. There's a great piece on <clears throat> who are the top 25 players in the SEC this year from Connor O'Gara, who we've had on the show, uh, fan of his work on Saturday Down South, and at number one, the, the top player in the league, he does have not a quarterback tight end Brock Bowers and he lays out some of the numbers that he already has statistically speaking and it's like it's already on par with Kellen Winslow and I don't know Ozzie Newsome and I mean some of the greatest that have ever played the position Brock's got a full year left with the number one team in the country when he is said and done in a three-year span I don't know if anybody will ever be able to say they had a better college career at that position than the three years Brock Bowers spent in Athens. Yeah, Todd Hartley, I think, who's their tight ends coach, was, or I think he's their tight ends coach, was talking about him and said, talent, he's got all the talent in the world. But what sets him apart is he's just one of those rare competitors and and just boom, 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 boom. He's just relentless. And I think you need that at that position. So, yeah, Brock Bowers yeah. is certainly uh, special. And now – They've got some absolute weapons at receiver in Ra Ra Thomas, Dominic Lovett. I think Smith is healthy. Right. They've recruited well there. That takes pressure off of Bowers. You got Oscar Delt behind him as another tight end. I 
I, I think I think that passing game at Georgia is going to be really, really good this year, and they'll probably pass to set up the run. Go figure, and, and Carson's going to get a lot of a lot of yards. Yeah, it was just a matter of time before they started getting the type of wideouts, not only highly, rec- highly recruited, but that stay healthy and pan out to the mm-hmm. hype, much like Clemson had when they were in, in their glory years, so to speak, uh, and much like Alabama was in their glorious yeah. run, and and. Alabama's wide receivers this year, I have a feeling, will be quite good. They were just all extremely young last year. The the, the X factor in that question, too, is Joe Milton. Uh, There's a lot of people that are – who is it? Jordan Rogers said he's by far and away the most talented quarterback in college football. I mean, if you're going on a combine type of measurables, I get it. It's the Anthony Richardson argument from a year ago, the quarterback from Florida – that wasn't very good in college, but was a top 10 draft pick. I don't know. I mean, Joe Milton, Joe Milton, again, has thrown fewer than 100 passes in his career. And the problems with accuracy have always been an issue. Now he's the guy. I realize he he shined in some uh, games late last year, but uh, that's going to be all over the map. And a guy that you cover well, too, JC. I mean, people people are not talking about Spencer Rattler nationally or even regionally like I thought they might based on how he finished the year last year in Columbia. Like I think they're just looking at the stat sheet as a whole and yeah, it's not overly impressive. But if you watched if you watched kind of the light bulb go on and you saw the way he finished and oh by the way he's got one of the best receivers in the SEC back. The tight end room is good. Uh, and a new offensive coordinator that might make it uh, a little more quarterback friendly in terms of the scheme. Spencer Rattler certainly has a chance to be an all SEC quarterback. Oh, I agree. I just don't want to make the Homer pick. I think it's going to be about, I mean, there, there's some top 50, hmm. like people that list the top 50 quarterbacks in college football that don't have Spencer on the list. And I'm like, right. you are absolutely, you're out of your dang mind. I mean, yeah, come on, man. Uh, but Look, I th- I think with South Carolina, the disrespect is a good thing. Should we have Shane Beamer on? He plays that card pretty well. Yeah, yeah. So the more disrespect they get this year, I think the better season they'll have. And so I, uh, yeah, and uh, somebody in our chat box said Brock may go, Brock Bowers may go top five in the NFL without pick. question. Yeah, I mean he, he's going to be probably be higher picked than the than Pitts from Florida a few years ago at tight end. Uh, uh, well, I don't know. Pitts question. was what third? So P- Falcons picked him third. Uh, I don't, no, I don't think it was third. It was top ten. It'll be up there. It'll be up it, there. So, it, but he'll he'll be up there. And and Kyle Pitts, remember, was like a one year wonder, right? He came yeah. out of nowhere. Um, he was a, I think he was a McElwain recruit, right? Uh, yeah, he was, yeah. He was not yeah. a Dan Mullen recruit. He just kind of burst onto the scene out of nowhere in the year of COVID, and he's he's doing freakish things. And but Brock Bowers has been this dude for three years uh and he and he's done so on two national championship teams with a chance for three there i don't know where the you know he was known when he came to campus again he's from napa california he was known as a guy who was an elite blocker and then all of a sudden you watch this dude run and it's like whoa whoa okay he's he's a complete Complete freak freak. for a complete freak of nature so yeah i would i would say will a safe bet that he will be a top five pick the tight end position in the NFL has never been more used, more utilized. So mm-hmm. tight ends. Now we talked about the devalued running back position in the NFL. Well, what's taken its place is the tight end. 
teams now will draft a tight a, a top notch tight end faster than they'll draft a top notch running back because tight ends can play twelve years and running backs typically fall off a cliff after about four, five, six seasons. All right, the mailbag presented by uh, Lifetime Fitness. Lifetime, several locations here in Atlanta, seven of them, in fact. Uh, JC, I know you spent time in Atlanta. You know there's a lot of different gyms to choose from. Mm -hmm. There is really only one if you like the very best of what can be offered in an athletic country club, which is basically what Lifetime Fitness is, complete with amazing amenities, expansive fitness floors, pickleball courts. Played some pickleball yesterday. Indoor and outdoor pools, sauna, steam room, squash, basketball, uh, their life spa, life cafe, also available to members. They offer kids classes, 100 weekly group fitness classes and programs taught by the best performers in the area. JC, I would love to see you do some hot yoga. Lifetime, <laughs> lifetime work in Sandy Springs and Buckhead are premier shared co-working spaces. So people like me that had no power and internet for days well, you just sign up with Lifetime and you got conference rooms, quiet phone booths, full service kitchens with complimentary snacks and coffee. Uh, the work memberships also include access to the club as well. For more information on that, give them a phone call 404-446-9475, 404-446-9475. Visit Lifetime.life. Tell them you heard about it on JC and Morgan. That's for all our uh, Atlanta listeners, seven locations of Lifetime fitness we're breaking down some five and dime and we'll wrap things up when we come back on the other side if you're on medicare currently or approaching eligibility it's time to enroll in a medicare plan that meets your needs Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in the plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today. Hey, folks, want to tell you about our friends at Titan Construction Group really quick. They're a mid-Atlantic-based general contractor, specializes in retail, restaurant, and office construction. TCG strives to separate itself from other general contractors by adding value every step of the process. From project budgeting to estimation, value engineering to construction, they focus on those relationships and not the transaction. Titan builds partnerships one project at a time. Among their clients are Starbucks, Crumble Cookie, uh, Blake Pizza, Home Goods, 15 plus years experience based in Midlothian, Virginia, and contracted in Virginia, West Virginia, North Carolina, and South Carolina. So get on their website, TitanCGInc.com. That's TitanCGInc.com. Get in touch with Brad if you're in need of a general contractor that focuses on going above and beyond for their clients. That's Titan Construction Group, a proud sponsor of the JC and Morgan podcast. We are back. Final segment of JC and Morgan, number 205, if you're scoring at home. All right, time for the five and dime. I know, again, some of you are still new to the podcast, maybe just discovering it on the Chief app or somewhere else. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your loved ones. Tell that person that's in the friend zone. Uh, Five and dime is basically movies that pop on. These are remote droppers. When they pop on you, there's a good chance you are watching it no matter what. A fiver is one that you've seen at least five times. A dimer is ten. We've even had so much as like a Ben Franklin. That's the Jaws, Shawshank Redemption type uh, flick. And some will be a uh, none of the above. 
And uh, in fact, for me, I can tell one of these is going to be that because I haven't seen it. Uh, I'm kind of embarrassed to say that, JC. I know the movie, but I haven't seen it. All right, let's start off. This was on the other day. This is a remote dropper for me. This is a dimer for me, and I'm not entirely sure why. My cousin Vinny. I I don't why. It's because of Marissa Tomei. Well, that doesn't hurt. We've had conversations about Marissa Tomei, Mike. When you, well, this goes well, back to the Tennessee the, coaching the, hire. The coaching right. search thing. All Remember roads what I, lead to yes. Marissa Tomei. That uh, was my, it, my analogy. That's who they should have hired. That's kind of what Josh Heupel is. He's Marissa Tomei instead of like the <laughs> random 23-year-old Instagram influencer model, which they were trying to get. I uh, – yeah, who, who's now coaching at Virginia and not doing that well. <laughs> oh, but uh, anyway, uh, I think that um, – I, I mean, yeah, for me, that's a dimer, obviously. Joe Pesci was awesome. and uh, Fred Gwynn, Herman Munster as the judge. And, yes. in fact, I was watching I, – I watched part of it the other day. Like, the other day, he was like, did you wear that suit to offend me? And, and he had that, you know, that clown suit or the, the, the old school suit or whatever. I, I, it's a dimer for me. Yeah. Pesci is a really interesting guy because when you, when you say Joe Pesci, you think gangster, right? You think of uh Goodfellas and casino. I mean, casino to me, he, he is well, both of them, Goodfellas and casino, he is just next level great. He had to beg for the part basically in Goodfellas, by the way, Scorsese was not going to use him. Um, but then he comes up with like these comedies. He's in easy money, very underrated flick with Rodney Dangerfield. He's in um, with honors, just like not a very good movie, but he's like, I don't even know what his role was in that, but it was, it was definitely not a gangster. And then like these silly comedies, the super not a good movie. Um, and I'm sure when they came up with this script, this is a movie that would never be made today. Not because it's going to offend uh, somebody who wants to be offended, but it just because the script itself, there's, there's there's not a lot of meat in it, right? It's like, okay, wait a minute. G- guy, guy's the cousin of, of Ralph Macchio who gets wrongly accused of murder but he's got a law to background, but he doesn't really have a law background. He's a little bit sketchy and he's got this kind of crazy girlfriend who's very animated and they're going to try and win the case against a judge that hates him from jump street. Like that doesn't get made today. And if you just read the synopsis, you'd be like, I'm not spending two hours watching that. And yet when it's on cable again, you drop the remote, you're locked in. It's, it's a diver for me as well. Seven, the movie, Di- not the Dimer, movie. and uh, yeah, and, and it's a good quotable movie. Uh, of course, what's in the box? What's in that's the box? One. Uh, that's one, and then uh, Lieutenant. I believe you've been looking for me. The first time I watched that movie, all the way through, I'd forgotten Kevin Spacey was in it, and I was like, "Holy crap, wow. it's Kevin Spacey!" Yeah, that was a sweet moment when you when you don't look at the cast, and you don't know, and you get to that point, you're like, "Wow, it's Kevin Spacey." You know, what a treat. <laughs> so anyway. It, it is a dimer for me, and this is the ultimate compliment to the people who made this movie and the performances in it, because I'm not a guy that goes out of his way to, to watch a thriller. That's what this category would be, right? The thriller. Um, for me, thrillers are very just kind of Hollywood. They're 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 very orchestrated. They don't they don't capture my imagination. This movie is so damn good and so damn creepy. Saw it in the theater uh as a teenager. And it was like, whoa, 
what just happened and then watched it again and again and again probably too much uh to for a potentially warped mind but Kevin Spacey for all his uh, problems now in real life is an outstanding actor and delivers an incredible performance and Brad Pitt plays kind of the dim-witted detective and Morgan Freeman kind of the voice of God Morgan's just good in everything and and the ultimate sage uh detective and and cohort of Brad Pitt it just works on every level it's just absolutely works so that that is absolutely a dimer for me we got back to back dimers and then JC I'll let you introduce the third one all right, so we got three minutes. Live is awesome because we're up against the deadline. Yeah. Uh, so I married an axe murderer. Now, this is a uh, between a fiver and dimer for me. But when I was a kid, like high school-wise, I, I kind of swore by this movie. Mike Myers is in it. Uh, Nancy Travis is the lady. She has, like, really pretty hair. And he's a beat poet and gets married to this woman whose husbands have died and I'll, I'll let you go watch it, but it's a pretty good movie. Uh, and Mike Myers plays different characters like he did in, uh, in Austin Powers. He plays his Scottish dad and he's like, Oh, oh your head's too big, son. And all this other stuff. It's so not I, Scottish. It's crap. Yeah. That, that same know. guy. That's the yeah. same guy. That's not Scottish. It's crap. So there you go. There's a, uh, there, there's a uh, married an expert or also wanted to, uh, give a shout out to uh, to, to Beverly Homes uh, and uh, Home Construction Company in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and Chancellor Construction, a construction company in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, uh, that are sponsoring my appearance here on the J.C. Morgan Podcast. One there we go. I so like that. I like that. And uh, our thanks again to Phil Molinax back in, uh, let's call it studios. He makes it all uh, go here. Again, we're, we're so excited about the video version of this. And having somebody to help produce this like Phil and, and really bring it to uh, to the next level. And excited for you folks as we pick up more and more listeners and viewers each and every week. Don't forget to check out the Chief app for all the uh, updates on our podcast and others, including Inside the Gamecocks. And more to come with other teams down the road. That's, that's just getting started. Uh, JC, as always a pleasure. We'll be back next week. Have a uh, good rest of the week. And for everybody else out there. Please do the same. We'll see you next time on JC and Morgan.